Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I am Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. This week is a mailbag episode of MuggleCast. We're going to read some great feedback we've received from listeners in recent weeks. Plus, we have a new question to propose this week. Which character would you want to be in the Harry Potter series and why? And why did no one choose Harry or Ron? Just as interesting in these answers is who people did not answer. So we can talk about that as well. But first, this week's episode of MuggleCast is sponsored by Quip, makers of my favorite electric toothbrush. There are only two types of people in the world. Those of us who brush and floss every day and those who might just start thanks to Quip's new refillable floss pick. You know Quip, the electric toothbrush you hear about all the time from me and others, but it's their sleek, reusable floss pick you'll want to use next. The durable handle is easy to guide, restrings with a click, and comes with a compact mirror dispensing case for on the go. It is so clever. You have not seen something like this before. I got it, and I was like, whoa, this is ingenious. Plus, a single refill pod replaces over 180 single-use plastic flossers, so it's better for your teeth and the environment. And if you're not a pick person, Quip also has refillable floss string that expands to clean. Pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Quip has the simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations and a sleek and lightweight design. Quip also delivers brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months, starting from $5. And shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the store. And if you go to getquip.com slash muggle right now, you will get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash muggle. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash muggle. Quip. Better oral health made simple. Okay, so we have some news to discuss. On last week's episode, we spoke about this big news concerning Johnny Depp. And in the second half of the episode, we were like, who should replace him? Oh my gosh, we might not find out for months. We're going to be left in anticipation. Well, we're already hearing that WB has found their new Grindelwald in Mads Mickelson. Laura... Didn't you watch Hannibal? He was in Hannibal, right? He was. I actually haven't seen the show, but he's oh. he's been in a number of other films over the years. Like the ones that stick out to me most recently are like Doctor Strange, I think. He does a lot of creepy stuff, right? Yeah. He he is a very accomplished creepy actor. <laughs> <laughs> he was also the sympathetic father character in Star yes. Wars Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I really yeah. enjoyed. So he has really good range. He reminds me, and, and I had to go and take a look at the cast of the uh, Netflix series Dark, but he looks very similar to one of the lead actors in that. Do we liken this to when Michael Gambon just took over for Richard Harris? I think these two actors are more physically similar. Yeah, I think Mads has a bit of a rugged look to him like Johnny Depp does. And also worth noting that Mads is uh, a Danish actor and uh, Johnny Depp was from Kentucky. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we have an actual European, European, right? uh, Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Okay. (laughs) I mean, come on. No offense to anyone who lives in Kentucky. I'm just saying Grindelwald's a European character. That's all. So that's great. We also learned this week that Depp had only filmed one scene for Fantastic Beasts 3. And despite that, thanks to a great contract, he will still be taking home his full salary on Fantastic Beasts 3, which is reportedly in the eight figures, meaning over $10 million. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How do I get that gig? I know, right? (laughs) I I researched this, Laura, and it's called a pay or play contract. And, uh, you know, all profile uh, actors have them. So you just got to become a high profile bankable. Don't don't uh, tell her this, Eric. She's going to renegotiate her (laughs) MuggleCast contract. I believe in her, Andrew. You're going to go broke. Uh, Yeah, Laura, I don't know. Right. Because I have a MuggleCast contract. (laughs) (laughs) It's a it's a uh, Kentucky type of deal, right? That's the type of deal they make in Kentucky. <laughs> Apparently, it's very common, but it is. Yeah. This uh, this raises all the more questions as far as um, you know why Warner Brothers even started filming if they were hesitant or whatever. You know, going back to last week's discussion, right? So I think it's a great choice 
Uh, I think he's got the Grindelwald look. He's got a creepy vibe to him in many roles that he has played. And he's not caught up in any lawsuits. And I think he's a universally beloved actor. Do you think that Mads will keep the eye that Johnny Depp decided to give Grindelwald? That bionic eye. Johnny Depp gave him that eye? Yeah, it was it was Johnny's decision to make him look a little bit more off to add that. Oh. I right. to his it's character. Called, uh, it's called heterochromia. Uh, it's the different. It's the two different color eyes. I think he will keep it. And that also reminds me, there was something with his eye in Casino Royale. He was the main Bond villain. Oh yeah, and he, his, his, he he wept blood. I think. Yeah, he um, was so good yeah. in that. He was extremely good in that. And so, but I think with this casting, because they're so physically similar, I don't expect them to make a lot of changes. I think he's going to keep the different eyes. I think that he's going to keep the haircut and they may not even have to like even throw a line at it to explain the 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 shift. I think they could put him in the exact I saw a fan made somebody like put Mads's face on literally Johnny Depp from the uh poster, but I was like, yeah, they could go like keep the style, keep the keep pretty much everything. Here's the question wow. though, is he going to keep the Captain Jack Sparrow voice? Mm. Well, now, so this he might have something a little bit more authentic. <laughs> this all goes back to our discussion last week, which is are they going to lean into Grindelwald changing his appearance from time to time or are they just going to pretend that it's the same exact actor? Right. Last week I was leaning towards yes, absolutely they'll they'll have to make room for it in the script. But this this week with this particular actor, I'm like, no, 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 they don't have to do anything. They can just go with it. It must have just been the name that made me think of the eye, Mads, Mad Eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple quick news items as well. The Wizarding World Gold subscription membership that we've spoken about on the show before is changing its name to the Harry Potter Fan Club. And my only comment here is perhaps Wizarding World Gold wasn't selling well, so they want to try to be more direct with it. You mean it sounded a little bit to elite it, that too yeah yeah no more gold <laughs> in the title so i guess it's like you want to be in the harry potter fan club we'll pay 80 dollars a year and you'll get pins you guys, has your guys yearly subscription run out yet and have you guys gotten anything i with that? canceled mine i canceled mine what what oh my God. i don't get anything for it it's 80 dollars a year <laughs> this the year two gift is a pin set and i don't collect pins and i'm trying to support oh. jk rowling less so God. No, I'm not interested in year two of the Harry Potter fan club. You know, I just find it a bit disingenuous. They can call it a fan club. If it's not run by fans, it's run by the brand. But most yeah. fan clubs for things like that aren't run by the fans. They're run by the brand, aren't they? Like if you wanted to sign up for something when you were growing up and it was called the Pokemon fan club, it wasn't run by fans. It was run by well, yeah, Pokemon. Oh, mm-hmm. you're right. You're yeah. right. That's, that's I, I will say I agree from a branding perspective, calling something a fan club makes it sound like kind of grassroots, you know, and then to be like, join the Harry Potter fan club for $80. Like, yeah, <laughs> what? What are you getting? And you're not getting much, especially during the pandemic. They have these mm-hmm. offers like 10% off at the studio tour or the Wizarding World, uh, like the Mina Lima store in London. And you can't use those right now. Well, I guess maybe you can, but a lot of less people are traveling right now. It's just not <laughs> worth it. And again, no. I brought this up last year. If there was new Harry Potter, uh, new official Harry Potter content coming out, Right now, this might be more interesting, but there's nothing happening in the fandom right now, really, officially. Andrew, you should revive HarryPottersHouse.com and then charge people $80 to live in Harry Potter's house. <laughs> like your, your Harry Potter's house inner circle. Just call it that. Well, and charge $80 and see who signs Okay, up. here's the deal I'll make with you. If, I, if we can get HarryPottersHouse.com back from Warner Brothers because they took it. I oh, forgot no. to renew it as a child, and then Warner Brothers <sighs> snapped it up. And now when you go to it, it redirects to the Warner Brothers online store where you can purchase the eight film collection, I see. Mm. <sighs> Didn't you redirect that site to Harry Potter Fan Zone, or was that another site? No, that that's we... uh, Potter No More. Oh, Potter No More. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think Andy said he was still getting a lot of traffic off of that, so he appreciates Good. your uh, your purchase and redirect. But I, I think for Warner Brothers and, and Wizarding World overall, the problem for them is they just missed the boat on all of this stuff. Creating a fan club now, 
all the fans, they have so many different ways of connecting with each other, right? And and they have. There's conventions, there's social media. And I just think that even with the, weren't they talking about a podcast series at one point too? It's don't like, you dare. Don't 15 you years dare. too late. Come on. Like they've to- they totally did not um really take advantage of the situation when they had the opportunity to. And now they're trying to and I just don't think it's working out for them. That said, I probably guys, should cancel my membership. <laughs> if Warner Brothers invites you guys to an official Harry Potter podcast, would you guys consider joining? Like for a single episode? We are the official, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, let's start calling ourselves the official podcast. <laughs> and then get sued. Last point on this is that they don't make it very easy to cancel. There's no cancel button. You have to email them and say, oh hey, I want to cancel. God, that's shady. Yeah. That is shady. That's in 2020. You can't actually get away with that. Yeah. That is a messed up business practice. I, I agree. They should make it easier. That's like being a campaign, uh, a political campaign and having an auto renew and making it very difficult for it to not right. to be a recurring donation. Yeah. Ugh. And then there's another update on something we've spoken about before, right, Micah? Absolutely. Speaking of money and uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers slash Wizarding World wanting it. Uh, the Harry Potter New York online store has officially opened. I got an email about this the other day. Um assuming that this is just in time for the holiday season. So if there are folks out there that want to check it out, all you have to do is go to harrypotterstore.com and see what they have to offer. There's not a whole lot new there, but I do think given that they haven't been able to officially open the store in New York, that doing something online was their next best option. Also, a couple of show-related announcements. Quizich Live Thanksgiving slash Weasley Edition will be happening Sunday, November 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be a live, real-time Harry Potter trivia game. You could compete against Harry Potter, your fellow Harry Potter fans in real time, free to play, open to everybody, again, this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a challenge, y'all, so brush up on your uh, extended uh, Weasley family members and middle names and names of children and grandchildren. It's going to be a big one because this one's all about family. Oh, that's beautiful. Andrew's going to flip a table during this. I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> I'm going to learn a lot. The most hated family in Harry Potter, according <laughs> to Andrew. <laughs> For more information, you can visit MuggleCast.com later in the week, and we'll have some info there about the live stream and how to play. And then uh, just one final note. Uh, I know we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I had a chance to jump on to Potterless uh, with Mike and uh, had a really good time talking about Fantastic Beasts. That episode actually released earlier this week. So I encourage folks to go give a listen and check it out. And I know, Eric, you're actually on an upcoming episode. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like the, the Pokemon number because you're at 150 and I'll be at 151. So we talk so about you're Fantastic you, Beasts. I'm and- you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, it was a yeah, it was a real fun time with Mike and uh we just went through the Fantastic Beasts and talked about beasts and what makes them special. So yeah, look for that next week. So let's bring back a segment we do here from time to time, MuggleCast TBT, in which we play an old clip from the show. This one is only four and a half years old. Let's go back to May 2016 when we knew very little about the plot of Fantastic Beasts when we were debating which characters we thought could make an appearance. Well, what other characters, though, would we anticipate seeing in Fantastic Beasts, whether it's in this first movie or or later on as the the other films are released? I would love to see Grindelwald. That would, yeah. yeah. That would would be badass. Oh, my God. That would be really cool. (laughs) What if there's, like, a shot of, like, Dumbledore stealing a glance of Grindelwald? (laughs) Like I, I, I would love to see that, but at the same time, I wouldn't want a, uh, like an entire movie that's about how Newt got in between Dumbledore and and Grindelwald. Like, <laughs> not even not even romantically, but I actually like I don't want him anywhere in that equation at all. Like, I just wouldn't want Newt present at like the fall of Grindelwald for any reason. Like, not even for story purposes to have a really cool story with Fantastic Beasts, which also has a Harry Potter tie-in that we already knew or are familiar with. Like, yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit. Well, 
Sorry, Eric, because <laughs> it looks like news getting involved. <laughs> That's also, why I love these clips. I know. How great would it be if we got Grindelwald and then, oh, wait, we get the Johnny Depp controversy. That's just <laughs> fantastic. I feel like this is still a struggle. We don't know how Newt is going to, you know, be involved in this whole Dumbledore Grindelwald thing. It's like it's a triangle now. I don't know. It, it does seem like a triangle. By the way, in one of these reports about Johnny Depp leaving, it was reported that actually it really is a triangle between these three. Like we get a third of the time with Newt, a third of the time with Dumbledore, and a third of the time with Grindelwald in the third movie. Yeah. So, um, by the way, was that you, Laura, in that clip? You sounded like 15 years younger. Thanks, Andrew. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, well, yeah, you just said you aged 15, uh, 15 years, years in the last, in the last four, four years. years. But it makes sense, yeah. though, doesn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. If you no, look I back think part the past of that, four years. If I recall correctly, I was over at Mark's place and did not have my microphone. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And that was before you rejoined the show. Yes. Full time. Mm-hmm. Before you drew up that contract. What is it? <laughs> pay or play? Right. Pay to play? Yeah, that, that <laughs> Gmail, that email you sent where you were like, hey, you want to be on the show? And I was like, yeah, sure. And and if we have to kick you out, we still owe you $10 million. <laughs> Don't you see what she did? She came on in, in those instances and she dropped these big pieces of information, these these projections of Grindelwald joining the Fantastic Beasts <laughs> series. And then she stepped to the side and is like, well, if you want more of that type of information, you're going to need to bring me on full time right. and pay me <laughs> at least eight figures. Yep. I came on and I was like, time for a CNN projection. <laughs> so let's move on to our main discussion today. Which character would we want to be in the Harry Potter series and why? Eric, you came up with this question. It's a good one. Yeah, so it's got, well, uh, I, I think we had somebody ask us this in our internal patron uh, Facebook group, and forgive me for uh, not recording down who that was, but the very specific um, requirements were that you're living as a character in the Harry Potter story, so the seven books only, and you ha- you're living, you're seeing the whole story from their perspective, and you can't do or say anything other than what they say like you can't be you as this character you're literally that character experiencing their life so with all that in mind i thought it was like really cool to see what people said yeah this is one of those questions i've never thought about before so this was tough for me because i felt like i wanted at first i felt like i wanted a cool job in the Wizarding World. So I was thinking about it from that angle. Like, would I want to be Ollivander? Would I want to work in Diagon Alley? Because I guess part of it is when you go to the theme parks, it's like, wow, this is so cool. But I settled on nearly headless Nick. And the reason is he leads a simple life of floating around Hogwarts, sharing wise advice with students from time to time. And I kind of compare it to the relaxed life of a pet because he has no responsibilities. (laughs) He's just hanging out in school all the time. But he is a little more useful. And sure, he was executed, and that was a rough part of his life. But his best days were ahead. Oh, no. You did it. Ahead. You're looking forward to getting petrified, Andrew? <laughs> yes, I mean, that was another rough moment, but he he's, he bounced back from that. Yeah, but we also learned that he, it sounds like he came to regret his decision to become a ghost. And he was talking about how he selected, you know, a cheap imitation of life over moving on. Is that really what you want? <laughs> life is full of regrets. I'm not saying... Nearly Headless Nick is a perfect person. I'm saying I want to be a ghost hanging out in Hogwarts. And a lot of people like Nearly Headless Nick. And Got it. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's why I chose him. I like it. Um, I chose, I had to think really hard about this because um, there are so many characters that stand out. But ultimately, I chose Charlie Weasley. Andrew, I know you're going to murder me. I'm stepping away for a you moment. Hate the Weasley. Andrew's triggered right now. So he needs to leave <laughs> the studio. Um, I... I'm just really fascinated by Charlie as a character. We don't get to see too terribly much of him, but I love the idea of living and traveling abroad, studying dragons and being the cool sibling slash uncle figure. Um, I like the idea that of the Weasleys, he really seems to be the most 
non-traditional. And I just love that there's at least one member of the Weasley family that's not fitting into like typical societal norms Mm -hmm. for what they should be doing. Like Charlie, you know, never gets married, never has kids, but very clearly enjoys his life and enjoys his family. And I love that he's accepted for who he is by the Weasleys, as far as we can tell. So I think that makes him a really interesting character. But I would also just be interested to see the world through Charlie Weasley's eyes, like, as the second wizarding war is building up, he's in Eastern Europe, studying dragons, like, there has to be a story there. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's well reasoned. Uh, I chose, uh, I kind of had two characters, but I chose uh, for for different reasons, the first is Sirius Black. Sirius Black does spend most of the Harry Potter books depressed or imprisoned, uh, so I wouldn't necessarily want to live that. But I was thinking about how he's an animagus, and uh, I always wanted to see kind of how that felt or what that was like to transform into a dog. So for the th- third to fourth year uh, period when Sirius escapes Azkaban before he is uh, imprisoned again in, in Grimald Place, I would really love to just kind of be the, again, to Laura's point, like the cool uncle, but like the cool godfather to Harry kind of a thing. But if uh, we're at it for the long stretch and this question prompt uh, indicates, you know, all seven books, I would actually choose Ginny. She's one of the characters that has like just the fullest arc there's almost like a redemption thing because after she's you know the victim in chamber of secrets she grows to just be this badass witch who can like tackle anything put up with her brothers all this other stuff so i definitely choose Ginny for like the long haul hmm. sorry it's a weasley Andrew. i'm not surprised by your serious pick because after all your aol screen name was serious black 423 <laughs> at aol.com yeah, um, that's right however i but i mean you know he fell through the veil like he he died an early death. Well, did he? Or is he still in there? I, the last well, two years of the book, while the timer runs out, I'd get to see like the other world. <laughs> but Andrew, you can never you, report you back. a ghost and you're giving Eric a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> because he's still present. I mean, that's different. Sirius is, is gone. I mean, I maybe we, I know Eric's still writing his Ginny fan fiction, but maybe uh, we can get a fan fiction about what happened once Sirius fell into the veil. Well, yeah. And then we could find out what came first, the arch or the ministry. Would you oh, find that man. out by falling through the veil? I mean, I would assume you'd learn all the secrets of everything. Oh, they're all in there. That's where yeah. they all are. Okay. He's hanging out in the Department of Mysteries for the last two years of the books. <laughs> okay. I decided to go with Neville for who I'd want to be in the Harry Potter series. And I just really like his growth over the course of of the seven books. And we see him very early on stand up to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. He, he certainly pays for it. And and he he takes his lumps over over the course of his time at Hogwarts. But I also think he matures probably more so than any other character. And we really see him do that uh, in Order of the Phoenix. And uh, he's a part of the action. You know, he's not always center stage, but he is doing what he thinks is going to help Harry ultimately win. He's part of an elusive club that ends up destroying a Horcrux. And uh, he ends up marrying Hannah Abbott and uh, teaching at Hogwarts afterwards. And I wouldn't mind teaching at Hogwarts. I don't know I'd be that great at Herbology, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I do think he'd be an interesting character to be. You want to marry Hannah Abbott too. It yeah. sounds like that's why like you mentioned that because it, it, you know it was it would also be cool to be in the same room as the trio most days, right? Like just watch them work yeah, from that but not third be party them. perspective. Yeah, it wasn't ex- until the last two years that Neville's life was really in danger. So he'd get to live those very interesting years at Hogwarts, uh, kind of being alongside the heroes and occasionally being involved. And Micah, you too want to be petrified. What do you mean? Uh, he was he was petrified, not by uh, not in Chamber of Secrets, but, you know, in year one. Oh, oh you mean Petrificus, Petrificus Totalis. Petri- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you want to get a measly 10 points for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the game winning 10 points, by the way. Micah's a real hero here. He likes uh, to bring, well, bring the game home. Look, there's something to be said you know, for being the observer, you guys talk all the time on Millennial about the mica chair, right? And and being like that observer in the That's corner true. and then stepping in 
when it's necessary to do what needs to be done. Uh, Listeners wrote in with who they would want to be in the Harry Potter series as well. But first, it's time for a word from this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. If you have something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, there's someone out there who is professionally trained to help you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Therapy is so important, and all of us here at MuggleCast have worked with a therapist to get through difficult situations. That's why we know that you should be turning to a therapist, too. BetterHelp makes it so easy to jump into therapy. You can speak with a therapist right from wherever you're listening to MuggleCast right now via your phone. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So get going. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for MuggleCast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast. That's BetterHelp.com slash MuggleCast for 10% off. Make sure you use that link so they know we sent you. Okay, let's turn to responses from our listeners. We actually asked patrons who they would want to be in the Harry Potter series and why. But first, I thought we should get these out of the way. Nobody said they want to be Harry. Nobody said they wanted to be Ron. And nobody said they wanted to be Voldemort. That last one, that's a good thing. But nobody wants to be Harry or Ron. (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs) Let's talk about it in terms of how often your life is in danger, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like as the heroes, they they get in the most scrapes and... They spend, especially some of the earlier books, being mad at each other. We also know everything that happened. So maybe it's a matter of kind of, to Laura's point, figuring out what was going on during those years, um, but not from a main character perspective, like not with the trio. Yeah, I totally get it. I was just expecting at least one person to have some really great answer about why they would want to be Harry, at least. But (laughs) nobody tried. I tend to agree with what Eric said, though, about... We've read his story, so technically we've mm. all been him. I just couldn't justify being Harry Potter and being that bad of a student. I just <laughs> <laughs> bother it would it would bother me on the inside. You know, folks have actually wrote in about that, and and there may be an email a little bit later on, so I, I won't go into Harry's okay. uh, academics. But people have taken objection to that statement. Okay. Well, this first one comes from Molly. She says Oliver Wood. You get to be completely preoccupied with Quidditch. The glory of winning the cup your final year, you get to go off to become a professional Quidditch player, and you come back to fight and protect Hogwarts and survive. I like how she noted that. <laughs> and you live through it. <laughs> uh, but this next one might have uh, the might have won it for me. I don't know how you could get much better than Inga's. They say Crookshanks. <laughs> he gets to live the easy life of being a cat, but at Hogwarts and he gets to antagonize Peter Pettigrew. And he survives. <laughs> and he survives. Wow. That is, I didn't even think about that. Like the life of a cat sitting in sunbeams, liaising with dogs. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but this this silver lining of also getting to scare scabbers in the first few, you know. Well, and I feel like, you know, as a cat, there's a certain level of attitude that's just accepted from you. <laughs> Right, like you can be a bitch, but yeah, you're still exactly. loved. Mm-hmm. I, I love cats, by the way. This isn't a slight against them. It's just we all accept that cats are a little sassy. Crookshanks would get away with it. Plus, you get to have Hermione as your owner. You know that Hermione's read all the damn books in the world about cat ownership. And True. Uh, Good cat parent. Yeah, and so sh- you're going to get the best, like, pampering of all time. You're going to have the best diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just... Hermione is such a fierce, like loyal, like she she defends Crookshanks the entire way throughout the books. Next one comes from Denise, who says, does the new franchise count? Because if it does, I'd like to be Tina. Being an Auror, marrying Newt, and fighting against Grindelwald would be awesome. Now, if I had to choose someone from the seven books, I'd like to be Peeves. He's always happy. He makes (laughs) Umbridge go through hell. And also gives Filch a very hard time. Sorry, Laura. 
Poor Filch. Notice nobody said they wanted to be Filch. Oh, <laughs> poor Filch. Yeah, I wonder why a muggle having to do a wizard's job of cleaning up. Yeah, I think uh, Tina is being set up for a pretty cool role in the Fantastic Beast series, and it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how and that pans out. And she survives. And she survives. <laughs> she survives. <laughs> I'm not so sure about uh, uh, Queenie's like arch. That's a yeah. little, I think, precarious mm-hmm. at the moment. But Tina, I think it's safe to say that hers will be... Yeah, pretty cool to live in. She's already a super badass uh, witch. Will the new Grindelwald be able to fool Queenie like the old Grindelwald? <laughs> we will see. <laughs> I love if Queenie just like is packs her bags and leaves on on in the min- in minute one because he's like, I'm sorry, I just don't believe you anymore. You don't have <laughs> oh, to we got to get those memes going though with um, when Queenie has her, f- or even now Queenie looking at Mads and. Being like, this is not what I signed up for, or I don't know. Somebody <laughs> way more, way more creative than me can come up. I with preferred something. that Grindelwald who played Jack Sparrow. Get out of here, Hannibal. This next one comes from Nick. Nick says, George Weasley. He has a great time at school, plays Quidditch, discovers secrets of the castle through the Marauder's Map, then leaves school early to open an extremely successful joke shop in the heart of the Wizarding World. Working in Diagon Alley would be a blast, and. He survives. R.I.P. Fred. <laughs> Unlike his brother. <laughs> we need to start playing a, a like a, a bell after each one of these. <laughs> and he survives. Ding. I love that that was actually in the description. Also, was it? <laughs> I prefer my Weasley twins who survive the war. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Because, like, couldn't the same be said? All, all of that could be said about Fred, too. Yeah. Except the very end. Yep. Yes, I do have but... this ding from a game show sound effect pack. <laughs> and yeah, he there survives. we go. <laughs> it's not a that bell, works. though. So I mean, George yeah. did lose an ear, and he has to live without Fred for however yeah. many years. So I don't think he came through completely unscathed. Okay, this next one is from Katie. She said, Celestine Warbeck. Imagine being the Celine Dion of the Wizarding World. I could travel, meet other interesting magical people, be safe in my celebrity castle during the wars, <laughs> wow, and use my Twitter platform to speak out against Death Eaters. Those concert after parties would be lit. Wow. wow. Katie really That's thought this very, through. Yeah, very interesting choice. So Katie wants to be a star. Good for her. That would be like being the weird sisters and being rock gods. The Wizarding World. Yeah. This is another one where traveling, as Katie pointed out, is involved. And I think it would be very exciting to explore the entire Wizarding World. This next one comes from Amy. I'd like to be, I'd love to be Minerva McGonagall, an intelligent, no-nonsense badass who genuinely cares for her students and gets to be a cat whenever she wants. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. (laughs) That's cool. And. Love it. And. What she survives. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the best of both worlds. You get to be a cat. We just praised being a cat in the wizarding world and you get to be a wizard or a witch. Yeah. And the next one comes from Chelsea who says Dumbledore, not because he's my favorite character, but imagine the wealth of knowledge you would have as Dumbledore. The life he has lived, the magic he knows, the experiences he has had. To top it off, to live Harry's journey from Dumbledore's perspective would be mind-blowing. All of the extra information he has about Harry's life and all the vast complexities that are involved in his journey would be amazing from Dumbledore's eyes. Not to mention so many of the unanswered questions I have could be answered by Dumbledore. Like the missing day, the story of Grindelwald, (laughs) and so many questions about magic would all be answered if I had Dumbledore's knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a great point. This is why I'm excited about Fantastic Beasts overall, because we get more of that Dumbledore story. But he doesn't survive. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one comes from Lance. Lance says, I would definitely be Luna Lovegood, the only true representation of Ravenclaw. Cho, Trelawney, and Quirrell? Really? <gasps> Flitwick and Ollivander are cool, but Luna is top dog. <laughs> Luna is true to who she is and won't blink an eye if you try to get a rise out of her. Luna's creativity and wit are what separates her from the rest. Who else could rock a giant lion's head on top of theirs while making it roar? 
Luna is the only Ravenclaw representation we have that matters since JK decided to sort Hermione and McGonagall into Gryffindor, aka mistake. They were totally meant to be in Ravenclaw. Fight me. (laughs) So since the smartest minister of magic ever and the professor badass of all things magic got sorted into the wrong house, I would happily live my life as Luna and represent the house of Ravenclaw to show the wizarding world what's up. Don't let the Nargles get you down. Good read. I love this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> despite being despite being a love letter to Luna, I find a lot of the the comments problematic as far as relating to the other Ravenclaws. <laughs> like Cho is as much a Ravenclaw as Luna. It's just a different side of the coin. It's just a different side of the the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to kind of in order to fully understand Ravenclaw, you got to understand why both Luna and Cho are fit in that house. I think. Yeah. Lance did come for these others pretty hard. I don't know if they deserve <laughs> that. Well, and yeah, but Luna's great. And Lance also left out. Um, wow, I'm totally blanking in this moment in terms of of help. Lockhart. Yes, Lockhart mel- helping the argument of bad Ravenclaws. But uh, I would <laughs> actually argue in favor of Flitwick and Ollivander. I think Lance puts them down a, a little bit too hard. Yeah, I mean Flitwick is head of house. Right. Yeah. Show some respect. And Ollivander, I mean, the man is like world renowned. Well, speaking of that, uh, Robbie says, I would probably say Ollivander because I'd actually get to work with wands. And yeah, there's the kidnapping and torture for two years, but he's already lived a long life working with wands by that point. (laughs) Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. (laughs) Can we ring the bell for Ollivander? And his memory. I mean, he must have an eidetic memory, right? Oh, yeah. He remembers mm-hmm. literally everyone he's ever sold to every person that's ever walked into his shop. That, I mean, that, <laughs> right. that, that would be some, amazing to live with. Him. That takes some brains right there. Yeah, you just hang out in your little shop all day, every day, seeing these new budding wizards and witches come in. I think that would be a lot of fun. And then, and then when they, 40 years later, when it turns out they've done like great things, you can like terrify a new child right. by talking about them. It gets a little windy in the shop for a moment. That would be kind of fun. Oh, nice. Kind of blow out your hair, freshen it up. And I mean, yeah, he's kidnapped and tortured for two years, but he's already lived a long life. So, yeah, for sure. Well, wrapping this up, we have actually another uh, Fantastic Beasts answer. Newt Scamander. Greta says, Newt Scamander. I like the idea of dedicating my life to acquiring knowledge in a field that other people are only indifferent to because they don't know enough about it yet. Also, he's got some serious magical skills to be able to create all those different climates within one suitcase. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If, if I would like to live as Newt, especially because that would be like living the full Hufflepuff like self. All right. So that was a fun segment. Thanks to everybody who participated over at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Now let's turn to Muggle Mail. Yes, this first one comes from James, although we did want to note that uh, listener Cherry wrote in with something similar. James says, Hi, MuggleCast. Regarding the discussion in episode 488 about whether people who have seen the movies but not read the books can be, quote, real fans, I think there's a key issue that didn't really get discussed. To me, it's fine to not want to use language of real slash fake fans if you're worried about gatekeeping, but that doesn't change the fact that movie-only fans and movie book fans are actually fans of completely different things. Someone who has watched the movies but not read or listened to the books has missed out on so much, most notably the Marauders, but also so many other little things. Have a Biscuit Potter wasn't even in the movies nor were any of the great moments of McGonagall and Umbridge's rivalry, nor was Peeves, of course, nor was Harry's speech to Voldemort before their final showdown, nor were apparition lessons in book six when Ron left behind half an eyebrow, nor were a hundred other little moments and lines that people who read the books remember and love. So someone who has seen the movies but not read the books can certainly be a real fan. They can absolutely be head over heels in love with the movies and the characters, and it's not anyone's place to label anyone else's fandom. 
But that doesn't change the fact that they're missing out on an enormous swath of the fandom experience that book fans have had to the point that the two fandoms are almost completely different. Interesting. Yeah. I know I was rough on people who hadn't read the books, and I like this point that James and Cherry brought up. Um, I just I just feel sad that these people are missing out on so many great moments. And similarly, there's a lot of great moments that happen in the movies that don't happen in the books. So maybe we need to come up with a list of all the cool things that happened in the books that didn't happen in the movies. I don't know if that's a MuggleCast discussion, but... It's certainly a listicle over at BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it might already exist, to be honest. Yeah, true. I do like this uh, email that we got from James and Cherry as well, just in terms of the way that it's structured. But I do think, though, if you are a fan of the movies, but not necessarily have read the books, or you're just a book reader maybe that hasn't seen the movies or you've seen both, you're still part of the fandom. I mean, I go back to the point that I made on that episode where if you come to a convention, they're not checking off a list of all the things that you've accomplished as a fan. You're still welcome and you should still be able to share your experience with the rest of the community. Why is it that you've only seen the movies, right? Don't you think we should hear from those people and to understand why it is that they've only seen the movies, but maybe not read the books? I think there's a lot of different things that could factor into those reasons. Definitely. Yeah. I I think there needs to be like a a school where you can go to or like a a way to a fast track program for everyone who's seen the movies to like get on books. (laughs) (laughs) We should be encouraging everyone to do both. Yeah. Yeah. If they can. Absolutely. So here is an email from Katie, who is a Slytherin listener. She says, I wanted to suggest discussing the continued use of Slytherin as a house and symbol at Hogwarts. It is well known that Slytherin had bigoted views on the subject of Muggleborns. And in fact, he actually forms a plot to murder Muggleborn children when he creates the Chamber of Secrets. Slytherin's monster actually killed a Muggleborn child 50 years before Harry's second year. So why is Slytherin (laughs) even still a house? And why is no one trying to change that? Why isn't the symbol of Slytherin, similar to Confederate symbols in the United States, being taken down? I would expect some pushback from some of the characters, but literally no one even seems to consider removing the Slytherin symbols. I know he was a founder, but he literally plotted to murder children. It's also similar to Confederate symbols in the U.S. in that Slytherin has been around for so long, maybe people aren't even considering that anymore what you're raising yeah Mm. i mean it's really only been in the last few years that conversations about removing confederate monuments and symbols have come up right and actually kind of become mainstream i mean we're seeing some cases where it's actually being done so i wonder because we're seeing the series you know through the time period of like the 1990s i wonder if like the 2020 wizarding world would be having these discussions. Yeah. You know what they would do? Like we're renaming all the naval bases and all that. I think they should rename Slytherin house Slughorn house. Uh, <laughs> after, after one of the Slytherins that was, um, you know, made some mistakes, but ultimately uh, rectified them really had like a, a whole making, making peace and amends with what he did. And he was a Slytherin. So it's like, yeah, just name it Slughorn. What do you guys think? Slughorn, Slughorn House? house. <laughs> Slug House. Yeah. Yeah, and that Slug instead of a snake. Yeah. That would be so easy to put on the crest. Or maybe they just get rid of sorting. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> we, like, Laura's like, maybe they just abolish everything and give a universal basic house to everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't that what typically happens? It's not like yeah. when you go to, you know boarding school in the UK for like, what are your personality traits? Well, then we're going to put you in this house. I think it's random. No, like maybe the other thing saying like, for yeah, the other thing just to mention is that we don't have a full background in history on the other founders. We don't know the things that they've done in their past. It's just that Slytherin works for the purposes of this particular story. And I think that the reason why nothing was done was because it wasn't until Harry's second year that they actually found out the truth as to what happened. So I think kind of to Laura's point, if we're looking at Hogwarts in 2020, they're probably having some conversations if they haven't already about 
a house like Slytherin or a house being named after somebody like Slytherin who did do these things. But again, we're talking about people who lived hundreds of years ago. We don't know about Godric, Rowena, or or Helga and and uh oh and what they may or may not have done. That's the part where you point out that all of the Hogwarts founders were slave owners and thought about like horrible like, you know, the US founders. Let's yeah, well, uh, I'm plan just saying a there's a lot sometime. of time. Should the Hogwarts houses be abolished? There's a lot of people who identify with Slytherin House who are listening to this and, you know, they're probably not feeling too good about this discussion. That's the only reason why I raised those points. <laughs> I know, Andrew, you're a Slytherin. My boyfriend's a Slytherin. Like, that doesn't make you a bad person. Well, I did I the convert choice. because I wanted to be a bad person. That was in <laughs> 2016. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like there were baddie. bad people. We just talked about some of the people from... Ravenclaw, right? Lockhart modified people's minds to his own benefit. Quirrell yeah. had Voldemort on the back of his head. So it's not Pettigrew, right? Think about right. everything he did. So, and he was yeah, a Gryffindor. Bad eggs in every house, except Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that. Thank well, you, Cedric Diggory, <laughs> we learned we learned some stuff about him later. Um, but I think that it all goes to support this point that we see in book seven, where Dumbledore says, sometimes I think we sort too soon. And then yes. at the end of the final battle, people are no longer segregated by house. Everybody's just intermingling. Mm-hmm. And that's Except the way Slytherin, it should be. Except didn't show up. Well, they were they were not allowed, right? But Slughorn fought, in, in all fairness. Yeah. He did fight against Voldemort. I'm telling you, House Slughorn, name it, make it happen. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Okay. The next email uh, comes from Jess, who says, was just catching up on older episodes, and I came up with a theory when listening to episode 427. In the show, you ask why Dumbledore doesn't advocate for Sirius's innocence. Maybe Dumbledore knew perfectly well that Sirius didn't betray the Potters or kill all those people when confronting Pettigrew. Maybe it was just convenient for him to turn a blind eye because he did not wish for Harry to be raised by his godfather. He was determined to deliver him to the Dursleys, not only because of Lily's blood protection, but so that Harry would grow up unaware of who he was or why he was famous. Dumbledore knew that if Harry grew up in the wizarding world, getting special treatment from everyone because of who he was, he wouldn't have the drive or character required for that final confrontation with Voldemort. He would not stand a chance. Allowing Sirius to be sent to Azkaban was just another sacrifice Dumbledore deemed necessary for the greater good. Would love to know your thoughts. Love listening to you guys while doing chores. It's the only way I can get through them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, another Dumbledore is an asshole theory. It really checks out. I'm stunned by this, honestly. (laughs) Yes. Serious fan? (laughs) Eric's shook. Yeah. There's so many things about Dumbledore that you would think with how knowledgeable this man is, how how much of an intellectual he is, that he would have been able to see through so much of the nonsense that was going on. It, 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 It almost reminds me of him not being able to tell that Mad Eye Moody was Barty Crouch Jr. or just that he wasn't the original Mad Eye. Like there's just things that you would expect of Dumbledore that sometimes they just they leave you questioning a lot of things. It's old age. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of questioning things, this next email is from Doris. Hi there. I'm actually not sure if this qualifies as a plot hole, but I always had a problem with Imperio. It's one of the unforgivable curses and widely used among the Dark Wizards. The Death Eaters got actually pretty far using Imperio to infiltrate the Ministry, for example. Moody was kept for a whole Hogwarts year under the Imperio curse, a grown-ass Auror. But Harry, who Eric stated several times is not such a good wizard, a teen, was able to fight against it when he was first confronted with the curse in Book 4 by the fake Moody. I thought, maybe fake Moody didn't actually mean it, so Harry's will was stronger. But then later in the book, Voldemort used it again against Harry at the graveyard. He was able to fight it again and Voldemort meant it for sure. I mean, it's great that Harry shows so much strength, and I'm sure he has a particular strong will to fight Voldemort, but nevertheless, I find it a bit unbelievable that ministry workers, orers, etc., who are all aware of the imminent danger of the Imperio curse, are helpless against it, but Harry manages to fight it twice. The only one who fought it as well, as far as I know, is Barty Crouch Jr., but it took him years. 
Thanks so much, guys, for the fantastic magical podcast that never fails to entertain and amaze me. I learned so much. Choo choo. Choo choo. <laughs> oh my gosh, a new one. Choo choo. <laughs> what do you guys think? Imperio, what's up with it? It's like riding a broom in that Harry's immediately good at it, fighting off Imperio, but I think it's for totally different reasons. The broom thing has to do with James being a good Quidditch player and it being in his blood, but. Uh, the, the Imperio thing is Voldemort's soul in him going, eh, this is ridiculous. I think because he technically has two minds, Harry does, like, or another being in his brain. He describes fighting off Imperio as this little voice that runs contra to the caster saying, do I really need to do this? This seems ridiculous. Do I need to jump? Eh, I don't know. And I've always attributed it to Harry's dual personality. Hmm. I really like that. The, the the fact that he has Voldemort inside of him, and so given how accomplished Voldemort is, something like Imperio wouldn't affect Voldemort. Hmm. I never thought of that it before. May just be, it, it may just be that he has two different wills. Imperio bends the will, so everyone else just has one, but Harry has the benefit of, you know, sometimes seeing into another person's mind, there's like that weird dormant connection so even if voldemort is casting imperio it's not going to work because there's a little bit of voldemort who's really good at doing a lot of stuff like that kind of magic in harry so that's i never thought he was a good student i also wonder too if you know harry is still a teenager at this point right so he's still growing and developing his mind is still growing growing and developing so i wonder if that has something to do with it as well it's it's harder to bend somebody's will when they're not even fully grown into who they are yet. Yeah. Okay. Interesting ideas there. We have one more sponsor today, Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is my favorite solution for not going crazy at home. A few hours into my workday every day, I'm like, I need to feel energized. I need to feel alive. I need to do something good for myself other than trudging through work. So by around 11 or 12 each day, I'm turning on my TV and escaping into a great workout on Beachbody On Demand. They are the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts, and they're suited for anybody at any time. We all know that working out can improve your physical and mental health, and this is why I'm so adamant about keeping up with it. But I don't just do it because I'm told by a doctor that physical exercise is good for you. I feel good during and after my workout, and that's the best part about it. Gyms are a big no-no right now, of course, and winter's approaching, so you don't want to go outside. So there's never been a better time to try Beachbody On Demand. Workouts are as short as 10 minutes, and they don't require any extra equipment, so they're easy to fit into your day. There are programs that can work for any experience level, whether you're just getting started or you've been working out for a while. Right now, I'm really into Shanti's Transform 20. This is a high-intensity, six-week workout and nutrition program that will transform your body and mind in just 20 minutes a day. That is so quick. A 20-minute workout will fly by. Like I said, now's the time to try Beachbody On Demand, and we have a special offer to further entice you. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text MuggleCast to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutrition information, and support absolutely free. Again, this is about feeling better. And you can get started just by texting MuggleCast to 303030. So easy to sign up. So please do it right now and start feeling better. Next email comes from Joe. Joe says, I love your show. And I wanted to chime in on your most recent discussion about Johnny Depp stepping out of the role of Grindelwald. In your episode, you were talking about how difficult it will be on screen for them to change actors in the third film of the Fantastic Beasts series. However, they did this in the original Harry Potter films when Richard Harris died. They had to bring in a new Dumbledore in the third film, and they did it without even acknowledging that this Dumbledore looked, sounded, and acted very differently. Furthermore, they also changed how the films looked overall, including characters, sets, etc., without making any acknowledgement, although I think it would have been funny to have Ron say something about Dumbledore looking different. (laughs) 
Because of this, I don't think it will be that difficult for them to bring in a new actor to play Grindelwald. Also, I wanted to say I love your game of guessing what characters set a line from the audiobooks. I've noticed I'm actually really good at it. I'm blind, and so I've listened to the Jim Dale audiobooks numerous times, and when you play the clips, it feels so natural to know exactly who's talking and what book it's from. Keep the game going. Nice, Joe. We're glad to hear that you're enjoying that game. I certainly yeah, enjoy should, uh, pretending to be a game show host. Yeah, you should come on and because you'll actually be good at it. <laughs> there you go. Well, Laura, you got one last week, so you you are way ahead of Eric and myself. Right. Yes. Mediocrity. Like on Jeopardy, you get to come back next week, but the other two don't. I mean, honestly, I host it because I know I'd be really bad at it. Anyway, I do think that they're not going to acknowledge the change in actor. They're just going to... I mean, obviously, the Richard Harris situation was worlds different. Richard Harris passed, so they just brought in a new actor. And I did like that joke that Joe made about Ron being like, Dumbledore looks different. Um, But (laughs) yeah, I think they're just going to change actors without acknowledging it. Though I have to say, I was intrigued by the rest of the panel's thoughts about potentially um, working the change into the storyline. Right. And our last email of the day comes from Denise. She says, hello, guys. First, I'd like to thank you for your great work. MuggleCast is my favorite HP podcast. Oh, thank you, Denise. Second, after listening to the last episode, I'd like to politely share uh, share some thoughts. Number one, people need to give JK time to finish the story. They keep complaining about plot holes, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Maybe we'll get all the answers we want in the next three movies. Yes. Why is Yusuf Kama even in these books or in movies, I wonder? Uh, maybe we'll get the answer. Number two. They never should have hired depth. The way they people the way people see Hollywood is changing. Nowadays, society is less inclined to accept actors, producers, directors, etc., who have serious personal problems than they used to in the past. That was a huge mistake. But once the decision has been made, Warner Brothers should have let him be in all five movies. Number three, I know we all want to see the battle between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but some other characters are quite interesting too, and we should keep that in mind. And number four, I only became an HP fan six years ago at the age of 20. This new franchise means a lot to me because this is the first time I'm able to talk about all the theories, watch the movies surrounded by real fans, and have the incredible sensation of butterflies in my stomach when I see the Warner Brothers logo appearing on the screen. Yeah, it will be hard for someone to make me think anything but wonderful things about Fantastic Beasts. Thank you for your time. Aw. Well, I really liked that last point. I think it's a yeah. really good one. Um, a lot of people may have missed the boat on Harry Potter when the new books or movies were coming out. And uh, or maybe you were just you were just too young for it. So I think that's awesome that you're getting a lot of enjoyment out of each new film coming out. And look, I'm excited too. I, we, we criticize because we care. We want to see the fandom thrive. I'm cautiously optimistic about the next two or three movies. We'll see how many they end up making. I do like her point about allowing J.K. Rowling to be able to finish the story. I think we're all a bit spoiled from having the Potter series and and going through it the way that we did, right? We started this podcast right after Half-Blood Prince was released. So we had a lot of the answers, but at the same time, we were able to theorize and look ahead to Deathly Hallows. It's it's a little bit different here because J.K. Rowling isn't able to write six or seven hundred pages. She's limited to just over a two-hour movie. And so while we're used to a certain level of detail and storytelling, sometimes it's hard to compact that all into two and a half hours. And that's why I think they brought on Steve Clovis. So it, it is a fair point that Denise raises. It is. And I think we sometimes forget that we didn't have a lot of the information we wanted in the early days of MuggleCast because the series wasn't complete yet. And yet we didn't criticize it as hard as we do sometimes with Fantastic Beasts. Maybe it's just the age we're in now where we get all the information now. This is an era of instant instant gratification (laughs) and we're just not getting it with the movies. So. But I think there is a big difference here, to Micah's point, um, because we're getting this information through a movie where there's a lot less time. 
What, what do you make really quickly of her second point? I mean, I know we talked a lot about this on the last episode, but do you think they never should have hired Johnny Depp to begin with? Would have made things a lot cleaner, certainly. Yeah. Like I said last episode, I feel like Johnny Depp was a cash grab. They did it to boost the box office because he's a very big, well-known actor. I don't think he was necessarily the best choice for the role. So I agree with that point that they should never have hired Depp. When I think of who should play Grindelwald, I'm thinking about who will look cutest kissing Jude Law's Dumbledore. And that was <laughs> never going to be Johnny Depp for me. So, so How about I'm Mads? very well, biased. Andrew, in, Mads, in all fairness, do you think you're going to get that? Or do you think it's always going to be flashbacks? We're probably right. That's That's the thing. We might not get it. But there's going to be something there, I think, by movie three or four between now Mads and Jude Law. Yeah. Do you think we'll get an explicitly think... gay moment? <laughs> so I Yes, probably in flashbacks. I mean, hasn't this been a big point of contention because David Yates said we would not? In that second movie, he wasn't talking okay. about that. Yeah, but Crimes of Grindelwald was gay as hell. It, did, it got a little gay. It wasn't explicitly gay. And I mean, yeah. how are you defining explicitly gay? <laughs> I, mean, I think he meant it like there's no moment where where Dumbledore's like, yeah, I used to, I used to love, I used to gay love Grindelwald. It was, it was right. subtle, um, but it's going to become more apparent in the later just, movies. It has yeah, to. Just one final point here. I, I think looking back at Harry Potter, you obviously had the story to support the films, so you could cast people that were relatively unknown, and they definitely did that with the trio, and then they kind of buffered it with well-known uh, British actors in in some key roles. I think the hard part here for Fantastic Beasts is it doesn't have a story to support it the way that Harry Potter did. So casting relative unknowns is not going to work. And I think that we've seen yeah. the fallout from that, right? And and that's Good to point. your point why they went with Johnny Depp uh, with for, for the role of Grindelwald. Okay. Well, that was a fun episode. And for next week's episode, we are actually going to be discussing which chapter in the Harry Potter series do we feel best defined a character. So, for example, which chapter in the Harry Potter series do you feel best defined Dumbledore or Snape or even Harry? This was submitted to us by one of our listeners, Jason. So thanks to Jason for coming up with the idea. You can, of course, send us which chapter you feel best defined a specific Potter character by sending us an email, mugglecast at gmail.com. And now it is time for Quizich. Yeah, speaking of young Grindelwald, last week's question was about Jamie Campbell Bauer. Jamie Campbell Bauer appeared in film with Johnny Depp in 2018's Crimes of Grindelwald, but in what film did the two appear together first? The correct answer was Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Love or, that movie. Uh, uh, or as listener Yasmin wrote in, Sweeney Todd, the movie where Johnny Depp kills the cast of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we got a record number. It has to be a record of participants. So it must have been an easy question uh, for people who submitted the correct answer to us over on Twitter. But that includes Jeff, Jennifer, Landon, Allie, Lance, Stacy, Genesis, Radio Free Ryan, Renee, Paige, Yasmin, Shannon, Billy, Christy D, Michelle, Pranvi, Daniela, Bort, Andrea, Martine, James, Amani, Young Susie Blood, and Miss Wolford. Nice. Please keep up the great work participating in Quizich. We have a very special and timely question for next week's. Next week's question Riz Ithens, who plays Xenophilius Lovegood in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, shares a birthday with this Canadian quiz show host. One specific condition about next week's quizage you must answer in the form of a question. Mm, okay. Hint, hint. So, for example, you should say, who is, insert answer here. So while you're on our Twitter, be sure to follow us. Again, we're MuggleCast there. We're also MuggleCast on Instagram and Facebook. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can email MuggleCast at gmail.com or send a voice memo to that email address or use the contact form on MuggleCast.com or call us 19203 muggle 
That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. We would also love your support over at patreon.com slash mugglecast to get lots of benefits, including early access to the show, ad-free mugglecast, our live streams. You can hear us record live. You get this unfiltered look at the show and you get to hear us talk before and after each recording. It's usually a fun time. Uh, and lots of other benefits, too, including bonus MuggleCast. So that's patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Thank you to everybody who supports us. It really means the world to us. And if you can't support us via Patreon, that's okay. We'd appreciate if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We love getting fresh reviews in there so new listeners can discover the show. Or tell a friend about MuggleCast. We would appreciate that as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.